Did you know that within a decade, women will hold $30 trillion in investable assets? Yet somehow, only 19% of women reported feeling confident in selecting investments that align with their long-term goals. Our friends at InvestHer are out to change that. InvestHer Con is the number one premier conference for women in real estate, and it's happening June 2nd through the 4th in Austin, Texas. InvestHerCon is not just another real estate conference. It's a transformational experience focused on real estate investing, business strategies, and self-care tactics, all designed to help women take control of their financial futures. Gain the knowledge and skills you need to grow your portfolio and build a sustainable business, all while connecting with over 500 women who are playing at the same level. To learn more and to get your tickets, visit InvestHerCon.com today and use the code 100BESTEVER to get $100 off your ticket. That's InvestHer, H-E-R, Con.com, promo code 100BESTEVER to get $100 off your ticket. I think that's the hardest part. The hardest part is getting out of that comfort zone a little bit to get started. And what I mean by a little bit is you don't need to meet 50 syndicators. You need to meet a couple. Quick disclaimer, the views and opinions expressed in this podcast are provided for informational purposes only and should not be construed as an offer to buy or sell any securities or to make or consider any investment or course of action. For more information, go to bestevershow.com. Best ever listeners, I'm excited to introduce you to our newest host that we're bringing on to the team. His name is Slocum Reed, along with myself and Ash. Slocum will be providing value to every interview he does. I've known Slocum for years and I've watched his portfolio continue to grow. He currently owns and operates 65 units, including converting three units into an office building. So he's an owner operator. He's coming from certainly a different perspective than I have. I know he's going to bring his expertise and cut through the fluff and get the best real estate investing advice ever for you. So welcome, Slocum Reed. Best ever listeners, welcome to the best real estate investing advice ever show. I'm Slocum Reed. This is the world's longest running daily real estate investing podcast. And today we have Camilla Jeffs with us. How are you doing, Camilla? Fantastic. Thanks for having me on. Great to have you here. Camilla officially went full-time as a real estate investor about 10 weeks ago. She has 18 years of commercial real estate investing experience as a multifamily syndicator, both active and passive. Her current portfolio includes 107 multifamily units in which she's invested passively, 600 plus multifamily units where she's an active investor, and a 64-bed assisted living new construction totaling $80 million in AUM. She's based in North Dallas, Texas, and you can say hi to her at CamillaJeffs.com. Camilla, tell us about yourself. What got you into real estate? Thanks. I want to clarify one point on the bio. You said I have 18 years commercial real estate experience. That's not true. 15 of that was actually residential. So I spent 15 years in the residential space doing single family rentals, some small multifamily as well. But what got me into real estate? Well, it really was necessity. My husband and I were living in a garage apartment, had very little money. We were both students in college trying to make ends meet, working full-time, school full-time. And our landlady came to collect the rent one day because that was back in the time where you put the rent up envelope on your door <laughs> and they would pick it up. And I was started a conversation with her and just said, how are you doing what you're doing? I know you have multiple rentals. I know you're a realtor as well. 
tell me about this. And as we started talking, she suggested that maybe I should buy a house. I was like, no, 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 no. We're poor. Right? We don't have any money. There's no way we can afford a house. We can barely afford this garage apartment that we are renting. And she said, well, actually, there's a really cool strategy you could use that where you could buy a house that has a basement apartment, and then you could rent it out. And your monthly payment might even be lower than what you're paying in the garage apartment. I thought about that for a minute. I thought, hmm, that's really interesting. So that's exactly what we did. We worked with her and we found a six bedroom home. It was like giant. Well, for us, it was giant because, you know, we were in this little tiny, nasty apartment and we bought this home as owner occupants. So we were able to put just 3% down and got the best interest rates. And then it had a basement apartment, had a kitchen in the basement, three bedrooms in the basement, and we rented those out. And we were able to live there for about $150 a month is all that we paid for that house. And it had a pool in the backyard. How cool was that? And That's awesome. it was the only way that we really could get into it. Well, in our minds, right at that time, that's the only way we thought we could get into it. And so today the term is house hacking, and it's a fantastic way to start in real estate for anybody. I recommend it for anybody to house hack. And then that's when we started thinking, okay, there's something to this real estate thing. And I started diving in, reading all the books I could find and figuring it out. And then we just grew our portfolio one house at a time. We were not the 10Xers. We were not the one out there massively pounding the pavement and getting it. We were just grew our portfolio. So for 15 years, we grew a nice single family residential portfolio. And then I got hit burnout. I hit this point because we were literally doing everything ourselves. I was mowing the lawn. We were fixing the toilets, answering the tenant calls, all the things. And I was just to the point where like, I'm tired. And we had five kids by then. So it was a lot going on. So then I decided to pivot into large multifamily. And the first thing we did was sell a bunch of our properties and invest passively. And then second, now I've built an active multifamily portfolio by focusing on teaching other people how to invest passively into real estate. And that's where I am today. Awesome. So you made the transition from single family and small multifamily into larger deals, primarily to get yourself out of the day-to-day -day tasks that you were doing when you were self-managing? Yeah, I was definitely looking for more time freedom. That's awesome. What does your active investing look like now? Are you specifically in the Dallas Metro? What size properties are you looking for? We just barely moved to Dallas about a year ago. So I'm still figuring out the Dallas market. So I actually don't have any assets in Dallas yet, but I plan to pick up a couple next year. But my portfolio consists of four assets in Arizona and two assets in Oklahoma. So I like both those markets for two different reasons. Arizona, that's where we used to live. So I know that market well and spent a lot of time in that market. It's growing like crazy, high appreciation it's booming. So that's a great appreciation market to take advantage of that. And then Oklahoma is just a fantastic cash flowing market. It's just cash flows from day one, really nice returns in terms of cash flows. So those are the two markets that I focus on currently. Is there a particular part of Oklahoma? I have an asset in Oklahoma City and one near Tulsa. So both are great. You said you sold some of your portfolio, your smaller stuff to get into passive investing. As a passive investor, what attracted you to particular syndicators or operators? Who is it that got your business and why? 
Well, to be honest, it wasn't very scientific for me in the beginning because I didn't know what I didn't know. And I've been a real estate investor for 15 years. So I thought I had good experience. I thought I knew about real estate, but actually investing commercial real estate is completely different. There's different metrics. They use different numbers. They talk about it in a different way. Like with my real estate investing, for example, I never thought about equity multiple. And in commercial real estate, we talk about equity multiples. Well, that's because in my single family portfolio, I didn't have a set end date. So I couldn't project over five years, for example, which is what we do in commercial. So equity multiple was a very fascinating number for me to fixate it on that. So how did I find the people that I ultimately invested with? Well, again, living in Arizona. So I knew I wanted to invest in an Arizona asset so I could drive by it and see it because I wanted to be able to touch it because that's what I had done with all my other properties because I'm still in this DIY mindset trying to figure course, out well, yeah. how can I, how can I even partner with other people? How can I trust these people to take care of my money? And it caused a lot of anxiety for me. I knew it was the right thing to do. I knew it was the right way to level up and to get out of being a landlord, but it was still hard to pass my money over and feel a hundred percent confident. I don't think you ever feel a hundred percent confident in an investment. There's always risk. There's always things, but you can do some steps. So one of the steps I did was I wanted to meet the people that I was investing with. So I got out of my comfort zone. And I think we're going to talk about being an introvert a little bit later in a bit, but I'm an introvert and I never, never in my 15 years of investing in the beginning, did I go to a real estate networking event? Like that was, oh, wow. that was way too scary. I didn't ever want to do that. And so I didn't really have any other friends who were investing. Well, to invest in commercial, it's group investing. You can't do it on your own. So I had to get out of my comfort zones. I literally, I Googled multifamily meetup in Arizona and I started going to some of those. And some were very inexperienced people like me that had never done anything that were trying to figure it out, how to do something. And then some had more experienced folks that were there. So I just started networking and talking to some of the folks. And after I'd gotten to know a certain guy for a while, he came to me and he's like, Hey, Camilla, I have a deal. I'm like, Oh, okay. Show me what this deal looks like. So he walked me through the deal. He answered all my questions. And then I was like, okay, well, let me think about it and I'll get back to you. And over the next couple of weeks, he just followed up with me. He was just right there. Like, Hey, what do you think? Do you have any other questions? How can I help? And he was very responsive to me. And I really appreciated that about him that he didn't just, okay, well, if she's interested, she'll get back to me. Because honestly, I probably never would have. I never would have gotten back to him because I just needed someone to kind of push me along and help me to do that. So really after looking at what he had, talking to him about his track record, like what have you done in the past? And I'll admit it was light. It wasn't even like someone who'd been doing it for 10 or 15 years. He'd been doing it for a couple of years, but I really liked the deal. I liked the concept of group investing and I wanted to have that experience and have that as part of my portfolio. So I ended up investing $50,000 into that investment. And it's going really well. It's awesome. I get checks. I get notifications and <laughs> updates on it. And that's the only thing I do. I don't have to do anything. It's amazing. Very different from taking your own maintenance calls and cutting your own grass and showing your own houses for sure. Yeah. 100%. That's awesome. 
We'll get back to the show in just two minutes, but first, some sponsors I'm confident you'll find value in learning more about. I'd like to introduce you to my good friends over at PassiveInvesting.com, a private equity real estate firm based out of the Carolinas. PassiveInvesting.com makes it easy for you to start investing in real estate. They focus on acquiring institutional quality apartments and self-storage facilities with private accredited investor funds. They also have a real estate debt fund that offers hard money loans to local fix and flippers across the U.S., which currently has a 0% default rate. With a portfolio of over $700 million in assets and controlling over $250 million in equity, they know how to secure the best deals and how to avoid the red flags. If you are interested in learning more, please reach out directly to PassiveInvesting.com and request the free Passive investor guide that outlines the seven red flags for passive apartment and self-storage investing. Visit PassiveInvesting.com forward slash red flags to download that PDF now. That's PassiveInvesting.com forward slash red flags. Mark your calendars for the best ever conference February 24th through 26th back in person at the Gaylord Rockies Convention Center. Join the experienced community and phenomenal speakers for a weekend of learning the best commercial real estate strategies building relationships, and quite frankly, having a lot of fun. As a bonus, once you purchase your ticket, you are put into a mini mastermind group to start making connections with other commercial real estate investors immediately. You can get 15% off right now with the code BEC15 at besteverconference.com. That's the code BEC15 for 15% off at besteverconference.com. Camilla, thinking about yourself around three years ago when you invested passively for the first time, Thinking of yourself as an introvert do-it-yourselfer who wants to get more time freedom and get into larger deals, take better advantage of the wealth that you've built for yourself through your own active investing. Thinking back to yourself three years ago, what advice would you give to other people who find themselves in the same situation? They've been shoveling garbage out of their parking lots and showing apartments, getting stood up, getting paint on clothes they never thought would have paint on them. What advice do you have for those people to get into passive investing? Yeah, I ruined a lot of pants. Right? (laughs) That paint, you just like accidentally bump a wall. You're like, dang it. (laughs) There goes those pants. Best ever advice Um, for people who have to do their own manual labor, wear scrubs, what nurses wear. It's tough. It's durable. It's lightweight. It doesn't matter how hot it is outside. I have so many dirty, bloody, painty scrubs from when I've had to do that stuff myself. Sorry, Camilla, please continue. (laughs) I love it. I love it. (laughs) Yeah. Okay. So what advice would I give to a fellow introverted, burnt out landlord? (laughs) So number one is there is a better way. There just is. And it's pretty crazy that the returns that I'm getting on this passive investment beat out some of the returns that I was getting on some of my single family properties. And I literally don't have to do any of the work. That was mind blowing to me. So number one, there's a better way. Number two, yes, it's going to take a little bit of getting out of your comfort zone to get started. And I think that's the hardest part. The hardest part is getting out of that comfort zone a little bit to get started. And what I mean by a little bit is you don't need to meet 
50 syndicators. You need to meet a couple. You need to find a couple of people that you feel comfortable with, that you feel like have the same vision and values as you, that you feel like are going to be very communicative, that you feel comfortable with their experience and their background and what they bring to the table. And then you can start evaluating their opportunities. So how do you meet them? Well, you've got to attend some networking events the whole nature of commercial real estate investing and some of the rules that we have to follow for the SEC are you have to have a personal relationship a lot of times to even get in these deals. So what is a personal relationship? Well, it could be as simple as a call that you've had like a Zoom call face-to-face or you met up at a real estate conference or things like that. So you can go to real estate conferences, go to a real estate conference. I know that's even scarier than like a smaller meetup. So here's my strategies for doing that. Here's my best ever advice for introverts at real estate networking. Number one, when you walk in the room, find someone who's sitting alone. Chances are that person is also an introvert and is just as uncomfortable as you are. Go sit by that person and strike up a conversation. They will be so grateful that you did. And then you have your one-on-one conversation, right? No awkward, like, oh, there's this clump of five people who are talking and laughing and I'll try to like waddle up and see if they'll notice me or insert myself. Like, no, that does not work for introverts. We don't do that. (laughs) We don't work like that. So find someone there. Okay. Number two advice, set a goal for yourself whether that's three people or five people, right? Set a small goal for yourself that says, I cannot leave this conference until I have met five new people. And then once you've hit that goal, give yourself permission to leave. And if you're still uncomfortable after meeting five new people, you have full on permission to leave. You hit your goal. You pat yourself on the back. I did it. I'm at five people. I got five business cards, people I could follow up with and talk to later. Great. I'm done. I can go home. Because one of the challenges that introverts have is that being in those large groups of people, it drains our energy. It's not that we don't like it, right? It just drains our energy because we gain energy from being alone and in our thoughts, reading a book, walking in nature, things like that. That's how we gain energy. Whereas extroverts, they gain energy from being with people and they really feed on each other. It just drains introverts but it's not that we don't want to be there and we don't like talking to people. That's a myth about introverts, but that's my advice for introverts at networking conferences. That's awesome. Find the other introverts. You know how to identify yourselves because they look and feel the way you look and feel walking into a big room and set a goal for how many people you know you'll talk to and then give yourself permission to be done when you need to be done when the tank is empty. That's awesome. Camilla, Taking the perspective of, I know a lot of our listeners who are active investors and taking the perspective of myself, if I'm honest, and you now as an active investor, what advice do you have for us when we are looking to attract passive investors to ourselves, particularly introverted passive investors? So to attract passive investors, You need to be heavily focused on education. I always say that SteadyStream Investments is an education company because that's what I do. I really focus on education because if you think about a passive investor, and I thought really hard about my own experience and what my own experience was like, what I could have used to feel even more comfortable about investing. 
because I felt like I was the one that was pulling for the information. But if you can set yourself up as someone who is pushing information to your investors, your investor database, and that's key, you've got to start building an investor database and then nurturing that database in some shape or form. So my favorite thing to do is, but first to first to start your database, you need to send out a sample deal. You need to come up with a sample deal. Like here's the types of deals I'm looking at. So if you're in your mind, you're like, okay, my next deal, I probably need to raise money from passive investors. I've never done it before. What do I do? Okay. Put together a three page thing on this deal, what it's going to look like, where is it going to be? Why do you like this market? What type of deal will it be? What kind of returns will the investor expect to receive? Everybody, you know, that you have their email, send this information to them and say, you know, I've been an investor and I've been doing this and this, and, and I'm really excited about next steps. My next step would be to start a group investment where I can allow other people to invest with me. So if I had a deal like this, would you be interested? Everybody who says yes, you put them on a list. And now this is the start of your investor database. And now this is where most people get it wrong because they'll do that and they'll start and they'll get all these people who say they're interested. And then they think, okay, great. Now, when I have a deal, I'll send it to all these interested people and they will invest. Well, there's a big difference between someone who is interested and someone who actually invests in a deal, right? Everybody's interested in real estate. Everybody knows that real estate's a great investment, but to get them to actually invest, you have to really be strategic in educating them. So you can't just leave them alone. So you've got to be sending out information constantly and then think really hard about the information you're sending out. Is it tailored to a passive investor, what a passive investor needs to know, or are you just touting your accomplishments and achievements? And here's all the things that I've done. And here's what I'm doing just to stay top of mind. Again, big difference between sending out information that says, oh, here's what I'm doing all the time. And here's all the podcasts I've been on. And here's all this stuff. And then you flip that and say, hey, you investor, here's what you need to know to be prepared for the next deal. Here's how you vet a sponsor. Here's how you vet a deal. Here's what you need to understand about equity multiples. Here's what you need to understand about average and a return. Here's what you need to know about IRR. Hardly anybody understands IRR. <laughs> That's a hard calculation to figure out. So think about how you're educating your investors and I guarantee if you flip the script and focus on the education of your investors, by the time you have a deal, they will be ready and they will invest in your deal. We'll get back to the show in just two minutes, but first some sponsors I'm confident you'll find value in learning more about. How are you doing on your goals this year, whether it's planning for your goals or whether it's executing on those goals? I imagine one of them has to do with financial freedom, taking control of your finances. And I can tell you that is a possibility within the next one to three years. Using a proven system created by my friend, Michael Blanc, he's got the program Deal Maker Mentoring. Here are some of his students who have been in the program and what they've accomplished. Melanie McDaniel, she closed her first 24-unit joint venture deal and is now pivoting to become full-time in the industry. Within five months of joining, Cheryl Groovy from Atlanta, she had a 34-unit deal under contract 
And she partnered with two other dealmaker mentoring students, and together they raised $700,000. And Brian Briscoe, he said thanks to dealmaker mentoring, he had the opportunity to accelerate his timeline and go after much bigger deals than he would have on his own. If you are ready to commit to achieving your dreams this year and you've been thinking about getting in the multifamily, well, text the word Joe to 66866. Again, that's the word Joe. You know how to spell my name, right? J-O-E to 66866. Do it right now while it's fresh on your mind and let's get you started with your own syndication business. Deals and money. We are constantly seeking deals and money as real estate investors. And I bet you're having a challenge right now, especially with deals, if you're like most real estate investors, because it's tough to find deals right now. But here's the thing. There's a competitive advantage out there that when implemented, it will help you accomplish your objective of getting more deals and or getting more investors. And that is having a great follow-up system. Having a great follow-up is one of the keys to success real estate and follow-up boss is the leading CRM for real estate. This is the system you need in place so you can reach out to owners and brokers directly for deals or you can follow up with your investors and you do it all in one spot. The CRM makes it 10 times faster to call and text owners then integrates those into a software so nothing slips through the cracks. The follow-up boss conversion system and powerful management tools help align your methods and drive growth that otherwise it could have been missed and probably would have been missed. Go to followupboss.com forward slash best ever to get a system in place. And if you need help, they got you covered. Followup Boss offers experts seven days a week. You can pick up the phone and speak to an actual human being anytime during business hours. Visit followupboss.com forward slash best ever to check out how much time you could save by streamlining your follow-up process. Best ever listeners, they're treating you extra special. You get an extended 30-day free trial twice the length of the normal trial for a limited time, go to followupboss.com forward slash best ever and perfect your follow-up. Personal question, Camilla, this is coming from me and I hope it is relatable to some of our best ever listeners. Let me set a scene for you. I host Cincinnati's best ever real estate investor mastermind at Joe Fairless's investor meetup here in Cincy. And I am a large, gregarious man, 6'4", 300 plus pounds. When I raise my voice to make an announcement, everyone just naturally gets quiet, turns around, listens, and then does whatever I tell them to do. The opposite of the introvert experience at meetups like that. I know there are best ever listeners here who host local meetups and want to engage everyone who walks through the door. How can I help 2017 Camilla feel welcome at my meetup? And how can I help you get connected with the people she showed up to connect with without draining the energy tank too quickly? Well, number one, so as an introvert, when I walk into a room, I immediately scan the room and try to figure out who is safe for me to talk to. And who's going to be a safe person? So I think as the host of the meetup, I think you need to work really hard on your own safety vibe. What vibe are you giving off? So I think 
the way you approach, so you can't approach gregariously, or I'm going to be like, whoa, you're too yeah. much. <laughs> like, totally. I, I can't handle you. But I think you can definitely approach me and welcome me. That's really helpful, actually, for an introvert to be welcomed immediately as soon as we walk in the space. So I think being the greeter at the door would be helpful for you. And as you're anybody who's hosting a meetup, greet at the door. Don't be standing in the front of the room behind your desk or table or whatever, right? I get you need to set up, but you got to set up well before the time that people started coming so that 10 minutes before you can be at the door and greeting people as they come in. And you'll know immediately who a new person is, right? Because you're the one running this meetup. It depends how big your meetup is, but so I walk in, I'm a new person. That's right. We do because we want to sit up front so we don't have to be distracted by all the people. So as I walk in the door, you greet me and you're like, hey, welcome. I haven't met you before. What's your name? And immediately I'm put at ease because I don't have to be the one that's starting the conversation. I think that's hard for introverts is to start the conversation. If you ask me a question, I'm happy to answer that question. And then ask the second question you alluded to is, what are you looking for? How can I help you? Then as they answer that question, in your mind, you should be thinking of people that you can introduce them to. And then third step is take them over to Sally over here and be like, I think you would really like to meet Sally and introduce them to Sally. And then you leave them on their own. And then you can go back to greeting more people. That would be a perfect scenario for me as an introvert walking into a meetup, a brand new meetup. Awesome. Let's wind down with this, Camilla. Give me an example of a passive investor who remains nameless, of course, who you have engaged with to educate them and help them not only learn passive commercial real estate investing, but also invest in your deals, how you engaged with them to give them the confidence to invest with you. I do that through multiple avenues. So I started out building my email list and then I do send out newsletters. I also added on webinars. So I hold monthly webinars with my passive investors and we cover a certain topic. Like last month we did the three biggest risks to investing passively so they could fully understand their risks. And then I have a one-on-one conversation with every single investor that comes into my database to answer their questions and help them out. So I have a pool of investors. Sometimes they're in the background and they're just kind of watching the education and reading it. And it takes them a while and it doesn't bother me at all. It doesn't bother me at all. If someone comes into my thing and they don't invest for two, three, four years, that's fine. If you need that time to feel fully educated or feel like you have enough money saved or whatever, totally fine. I had one who was in my database for almost two years and finally they invested and they decided to invest. They put in their commitment. Once I launched a deal, they put in a commitment and I was like, Oh, you know, I was so excited to see their name on there because I'd been working with them for a while. And then we had several conversations about it because they're still a little bit nervous and still wanted to fully understand everything. When it's the first time investing, it's a lot to take in. When you're faced with that PPM, it's a hundred pages <laughs> of legalese that in really big letters, it says risky, 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 risky all the way through. Yeah, it. It's a lot. Sure. And I think that's something that I've been able to really develop kind of my superpower is just really helping the first time passive investor fully understand the process so that they feel comfortable 
90% comfortable. Again, I, like I said, you're never going to be hundred percent comfortable, but once you're at 90%, you can invest in getting them into a deal. And then we celebrate. It's very exciting for them when it's your first time investing in a deal. And then you start receiving the distributions and you receive the monthly updates. And that's when you start feeling really good about the choice that you made. Awesome. That's good stuff, Camilla. Thank you. And thank you for sharing your personal story and what it is that you're doing to help investors now. If you are a burned out landlord, there is a better way. Re-listen to this episode. Camilla has shared her story to tell you about that better way. Get out of your comfort zone and do networking. Commercial real estate is a team game. It's a group investment. And when you are looking to attract passive investors for your active deals, focus on educating them and be proactive. Be the one who reaches out to the people who are looking to invest to get their questions answered, their concerns addressed, and get them investing in your deals. Camilla, thank you again. Best ever listeners, we hope you have a best ever day, and we'll see you tomorrow.